Greetings, I'm Terence from Tanzania. Welcome to my Feeling Easy seminar. The seminar is designed to assist you during this current time of escalating aggression and confrontation. A time where loss of mental stability is escalating, leading to irrational behavior and insanity. This seminar is a restorative program, a humane teaching, an aid which will assist you to learn how to strengthen your mind against negative thought intrusion and to empower yourself as you learn of the causal factors behind all mental and emotional problems. Negative thought intrusion is about thoughts that present themselves in your mind as unwanted thoughts. These thoughts are relentless and appear unstoppable. They are unkind or cruel thoughts which try and lead you into merciless and unforgiving ways. They can justify you into harming yourself or others. They can also freeze you in indecision, anxiety or terror. They can also lead you into indecisive or totally irrational acts. This process is termed minds under siege, being the telepathic subjugation of your mind from far away. The seminar is designed to assist you to be more alert to the nature of your thoughts as you become wiser. You will also learn of the consequence of any antisocial behavior. What we need to understand is that spirit possession is the control over the mind of people telepathically by spirit people living in lower dark realms of consciousness. These are people living in spirit worlds far from your sight but visible to me. The trouble with intrusive thoughts is that they lead one into multitudes of negative ways. They can also cause utter frustration at the action or non-action of others. Often their demands of you are so insistent to the point that the incoming thoughts force you to say or do something critical, vindictive or harmful. Today is a day set aside for you to learn the reasons why your minds can be and yet are broached telepathically from the dark energy source and how you can attain control of your own minds. This you need to do so that the subjugating control being exerted over you telepathically by spirit beings on lower levels can be limited or restricted so that you retain your sanity. The seminar contains spiritual truth and is in compliance with the universal doctrine of peace, love, mercy, compassion and forgiveness. I have recorded this seminar talk so that it will be easily available for anyone to obtain a DVD copy. This means that people can play it at home with family and friends long after I have departed this world. This also means that people simply have access to this recording and play it daily or weekly if needed, rather than having to attend a seminar. And everyone is free to copy the DVD and pass it in to others. We will begin with an old song from the 1950s. So relax back and enjoy the program. This brief moment in time together is to make you aware of the power of your mind, wherein the nature of the thoughts flowing through it can be kind or cruel to you and others. 
The actions you take or do as the result of any unkind or deceptive thoughts are bad decisions. These are decisions affecting you in more ways than one. There is much to say that will be of great benefit to you. The aim is also to bring benefit to people in spirit realms whom unbeknown to you are gathered invisibly. These spirit people also need help to amend their own beliefs with truthful input so as to be able to elevate themselves to a brighter and happier space. Your inner positive emotions of joy or love link your mind to the source of light energy. This is where you receive its positive creative inspiration. The light inspires mankind. The dark energy source deceives and controls mankind to the point where we can become unconscionable, cruel, punitive and destructive. The invisible energy of the source is relentless in the pursuit, the pursuit of fulfilling itself, be it in the giving or the taking, be it the creative aspect or the destructive aspect. One aspect commands us to use its love and create. The other demands that we destroy all with hate. You need to now rely on your own conscience as you become more aware of the nature of the thoughts revolving in your mind each day. Do this by taking steps to halt the negative thoughts. This you can only do when you accept the reality that many of the thoughts entering your mind are not welcomed by you. It follows that they must be arising from some other source which is invading your mental space. When this happens, your mind is under siege by dark forces intent on causing you harm. The dawn of a new day has now broken and we will listen to the sweet voice of Nana Muskuri. We are gathered here today because I believe that I have some insight and wisdom to impart to you. It will assist you to maintain sanity and rationality in these troubled times so that you will be able to remain obedient to the precepts of God's only love command. This means that you never use his forceful destructive power in your interaction with others, causing them harm. The invisible telepathic link between realms of consciousness is similar to a telephone wire, communication between two persons. The difference is, that the vibration of your negative emotional energy is what links your mind to other people in dark spirit realms, people having a similar negative vibration to yours. I will teach you how you can turn the tide and send positive thoughts the other way, down to dark realms, so as to assist those lost in the dark. This will also assist you to grow stronger mentally and emotionally. You are here today so that you can learn how to control your mind, so that you do not continue to cause pain to yourself or others, because any negative expression by you to another will be imposed upon you by some other person on another day. I will now play a song on the road to find out. Yes, we are on the road to find out how our destiny is being shaped by others who are invisible and thus have control over our minds. They use us to diffuse dark actions 
causing others pain, but ultimately it causes us a painful and sad road. We are on the road to find out how to regain control of our minds, because this is the only way we can become personally in control of our own destiny. You are learning how spirit forces control your mind. Their thoughts justify your use of dark energy, and their consistent, pestering voices eventually force you to act negatively. They certainly have the capacity to override and control an unprotected mind. An open mind allows spirit people to bind you in painful karmic servitude. The energy of God is not something we can see, but we can and do feel it. God's energy is both the creative light energy, which is benign, and it is also the dark destructive energy. This energy we use is a law unto itself, this law being that whichever aspect of it you use or sup on is the energy you permit to flow through your soul, mind, voice and hand. You must understand this because this is the basis of the law of motion of universal energy and spiritual energy. Once the energy is used, it returns to you via the mind and soul and hand of some other whom it flows through as it balances its energy movement on a like-for-like -like basis. When and where it so decides, be it instantly or years ahead when least expected. You need to comprehend that the invisible dark energy essence which exists and which moves, moves you as you invoke it in your actions is in fact far too superior to you. When you are using it, there is a deeper reality. The reality being that it is at that moment using you as its instrument to balance its scales of justice. Why is it superior to you? Because it can not only use you as its tool, but you cannot halt its return aspect when it decides to balance its scales of justice via some other mortal. It can do this far ahead when you least expect it. At the time of this return, its incoming thoughts into your mind will tempt you to retaliate and cause harm. Thus it entraps you even more. Spiritual strength is when you do not become an aggressor because you are in control of your own mind and thus you cannot be swayed by dark thoughts enticing you to retaliate. You have now heard a lot of new information as to the reality of our thoughts being not always our own. Since we have to suffer from the negative deeds we do, why let some other foolish thoughts flow through from others in spirit who are untrue to themselves and who seek to use you to do their bidding? Now you begin to see how easily we become used by our thoughts, thoughts that can mislead us. Please try and see that any negative thoughts about bringing others to account punitively in inevitably seek seek to cause us pain at a later date. This also applies to those in spirit who are being used in the same way as are you from realms beyond their sight to cause injury to others. There are reasons now for the escalation of confrontation and violence that are revealed on my website. 
Due to this, it will be best not to place yourself in positions of confrontation that could, could lead you to be an aggressor. I now play another soundtrack, Bad Moon Rising. Many people live in a selfish dream world where they fail to see what they are doing to others. This they do each day and ultimately comes back to them. You have just heard the words, an eye for an eye, as well as difficult times coming. I ask, are you prepared to die without fighting back? I know that anyone who fails to fortify their minds will become an aggressor, so they need to know that one can never void or avoid the karmic reaper. What you do unto others comes back to you. It truly is the time to see the difference between the meanings of forgiveness versus retribution. Why? Because what none see is that when we are less than forgiving and we demand justice or we take an eye for an eye, we permit our soul to enter the cyclone of dark spiritual energy. And just like a material weather cyclone in which all the air is sucked into the vortex at the center, with ever-increasing destructive power, we can be sucked in spiritually by a powerful vortex of treacherous negative energy. If you in any way entertain dark thoughts, then your emotions will drag you into vengeful payback or retribution. These are the ways which ultimately, ultimately lead you into the eternal dark vortex of overpowering negative emotions and thoughts from which there is no escape because the pain you give out and receive back goes on endlessly in a tit-for-tat manner. Try and understand the consequences of permitting an invisible, dangerous alien force to take control of your mind because if you do, it, the dark, will use your flesh to injure or destroy others and this brings pain and destruction back to you. The dark energy is indestructible, but you are not. So stop using it in your interaction with others. Once you stop using it, then it will leave you alone once all your dues to it are paid. True courage and inner strength and loyalty to yourself and God is when you say to yourself, I will never give in to any provocation to defend myself or fight a perceived enemy under any circumstance. I will never find the justification to defy God's peace and love and mercy and forgive command, meaning I will never cause harm to any of his children. You must be prepared to die in the face of adversity if that is to be your fate, but never die fighting to defend yourself or others. Instead, you go as a lamb to the slaughter, to the slaughter if needs be, to become spiritually free. It is imperative for you to quickly grasp that both the friend of man and the en enemy of man are within man. This simply means that the emotional state of your inner emotional being as well as your thought processes results in your actions and, consequently, it is your actions that return to you ahead. Why is it so? Because as said, what you put out comes back to you at some time ahead. It is simply the immutable karmic law of energy 
in motion. For every action there is an equal and opposite reaction at some stage. So your actions pave the road to your happiness or unhappiness, peace or war. It is in fact a little like the old story of Aladdin's lamp. When Aladdin rubs the lamp, a genie appears and says, What can I do for you, master? It then fulfills your wish, whatever it is, whether it is benign or malignant, kind or cruel. However, what you wish for, being what you think, as inspired by Aladdin's thoughts, and you therefore do, must come back to you, for that is the immutable law of energy in motion. Naturally, this energy return coming back to you via others applies equally to the light and love and kindness you give unto others. Equally, we can all receive inspirational ideas from the light, telepathically, through our love core to uplift mankind. However, this seminar deals with the negative aspect, the aspect which results in the causing of harm and your resultant karmic suffering. I know that it is only in being peaceful in the face of adversity that will bring you to inner peace with the consequence return to the light of heaven when your spirit soul departs this world. Since the seminar is an inner mental process, you might find it easier if you close your eyes when listening to what is said on the soundtracks. This avoids some visual distraction. I now play a very instructional, instructional recording by Clemencia a mental health carrier and consultant named Minds Under Siege. Minds Under Siege, the reflections of a therapist. Listening in silence to the couple in my rooms, I was struck by the hostility darting back and forth between them. It reminded me of a fencing match as accusations were thrust and parried with wounding accuracy into the fragile heart of the relationship. A line from Elliot's dry selvages came to mind. We had the experience, but missed its meaning. My intuition automatically focused on the word meaning, as I wondered why my mind produced the following thoughts. What I sow I will reap. If I make you cry, I will weep. That thoughts seemingly appear from nowhere into the mind is not an experience unique to me. But is it only explicable in terms of the intuitive function? What I was witnessing in this couple was the behavioural outcome or expressed deed of thought processes. Thoughts which drove them to relive in minute detail every past hurt they felt that the other had inflicted upon them. This, however, had little to do with the positive intuitive function. I was watching two people who loved each other lash out emotionally, being driven by their incoming thoughts of past grievances, thoughts that drove them to act as if those hurts were being inflicted again in the present moment. What is it about this process of thought which has so much power to recreate and trigger past events? and to reactivate emotions associated with events so forcefully that the ability to distinguish between what had occurred then and what is happening now is actually obliterated. And why is it that these thought processes primarily seem to constellate the negative? 
How often do we as helpers find that our clients spend endless time in negative thought processes about past events? Rather than focusing on positive events, which must have occurred at some stage in their lives and relationships. These were the questions I asked myself after the session, as I reflected on the theories I had studied to assist me in some measure towards an understanding of the process I had experienced. And truthfully, I still had not come up with an answer. At the core of most theories attempting to come to grips with the powerful interplay between the mind and emotions is the belief that insight usually produces positive change. Yet it struck me that despite the plethora of knowledge and the exponential growth of theories on the mind and emotions, a corresponding growth in psychological, emotional and spiritual well-being does not seem to have occurred in the human race. Why is it, I ask myself, that I am busier now than I was 20 years ago? Why is it that I and many of my colleagues are experiencing an increase in the negative thought processes of our clients, when so much information has become available to the general public? As professional carers, we have to admit that despite the belief that our theories provide answers, our services are in ever-increasing demand. This can only be explained either because those afflicted are in fact not being fully helped by us or a greater percentage of the planetary population is succumbing to mental and emotional trauma. There is no doubt that we are providing care but are we providing mental relief within the minds of our clients? As I daily listen to an increasing number of people voicing fears at the negativity of thoughts that assail their minds, it would seem not. Clients variously speak of these thoughts as not belonging to themselves, but coming from outside the self. Comments made are, they popped into my mind from nowhere. I don't know what came over me. It's as if these thoughts are coming from somewhere else. They are not mine, but of course they must be. My question is, where are these thoughts coming from? Certainly those people we label schizophrenic have no doubt that the voices or thoughts heard by them are communications from beings at other levels of existence. However, the majority of people I see are not labelled schizophrenic and cannot be classified into the categories contained in the DSM-3. Yet, they too are reporting powerful negative thought processes stemming from sources other than their own minds, identifiable by some as not being a part of their own unique consciousness. This escalation of negative thought in an ever-increasing number of ordinary people can no longer be explained solely in terms of our current understanding of mental illness. Is it enough to use drugs, chemicals, as a mental restraint? In reality, chemical restraints have replaced the old physical restraints of past times. They seem to have the effect of deadening or lessening the thought process. This results in some loss of expression by the individual, but the chemical restraint in itself does not distinguish between the positive or negative thoughts thereby lowering the whole mental framework of the patient. 
chemicals or not, the patient is still the recipient of negative feelings and thoughts. Something ails us. And certainly, none of us can be immune from the epidemic of negative deeds, either performed or thought about by most of us. Whether at a national, community, personal or interpersonal level, we are increasingly responding to emotional, verbal or physical threat from without or from within, by attack and retaliation towards others or ourselves. The alarming increase in the suicide rate attests to this. Drugs, theories, psychoanalysis and various other therapeutic interventions have failed to give us a satisfactory cure. As I searched for answers, you can imagine my surprise to find that the understanding of this process was discovered not in scientific or psychiatric journals, nor in the theories of Jung, Freud, Adler, Sullivan, Rogers or Haley to name but a few, but revealed in a recent book of spiritual insight titled The Testament of Truth. When I read it, my first reaction was, This is only a book of very simple verse. But after deeper reading, I had to admit that the word simple merely reflected the humility it required of me to read it. For after all, I considered myself conversant with most theories on mental and emotional illness. This book profoundly challenged my current understanding and knowledge in this area. The wisdom of its explication of the cognitive, emotional, psychological and spiritual crisis we all are currently facing could not be dismissed. So deeply has this written word impacted within me that I am compelled to pass the information on. This I now do, believing it is incumbent upon those who work in this area, whether nurse or doctor, welfare worker or policeman, minister or mental health worker, to avail themselves of the information contained therein. A brief summary of my understanding of it is that we are now in a time when the cleansing love of God's light is flooding the universe. Wherever light flows, darkness is drawn to the surface from within. This leads to the experiencing of an intensification of negative emotions such as fear, anger, hatred, revenge or jealousy. The proportion of dark negativity drawn up from within requires a corresponding amount of light to draw it out and this is being done invisibly by the source. The converse is also true. As we deny the light and draw in dark negativity which we are doing through negative deed, we dim the inner light or divine spark within us. As psychiatrists, therapists and counsellors, we can in some measure relate to this concept through our understanding of the therapeutic process. In psychoanalytic terms, the more insight we provide for our clients, the more light is deemed to flow into the dark, repressed contents of the unconscious. Our theory then maintains that we will be less driven by these repressed contents. We also accept that this emergence from the unconscious causes increased emotional turmoil as the process continues. 
hence increasing negativity. However, our current theories do not account for why. Why the more we bring up from the unconscious, the more our thoughts seem to focus on what still remains consciously undiscovered. This is akin to the never-ending negative thought intrusion explained above. The revelations in the Testament of Truth give insight into this. It explains that as increasing negativity is drawn to the surface by the light, in therapeutic terms, insight, the surfacing emotions being drawn out result in an intensification, an intensifying vibrational wavelength. These are felt by other beings on different lower levels of existence. Here there exists a bottomless pit of negative thought projection. This is a new truth for me, not one I could find anywhere else. There are beings in existence at these lower levels who have only one way of fulfilling their emotional needs and that is accomplished by our inspired deeds which they can and do instigate by telepathically controlling our minds. The feelings of increasing negativity are much stronger at this spiritual cleansing time and this in turn allows for easier telepathic access to our minds. In short, our radio is tuned in to the negative station. On this particular station, we receive thoughts from souls at other levels of consciousness, whose negative emotions vibrate at the same negative frequency or wavelength as our own. Since each emotion has a wavelength or vibration of its own, we find that we are in fact tuned in, as it were, to a corresponding negative or dark energy force. The resulting increase in the negative thoughts that seem to come from nowhere are in fact the thoughts of other souls interpolating with our minds. In this way, we suddenly find that the initial emotion of, say, fear concluded in thoughts which engendered such a tremendous emotional response that, to use a common expression, our thoughts ran away with us, and run with us they do, way beyond the stimulus of the initial fear. At this time of increased emotions, our minds are more conducive to mental access. The power of the darkness, then, is its spellbinding continuity of thought, which keeps our minds going round and around in ever-increasing negativity. Concern and worry about tomorrow. Plotting revenge over yesterday's hurts. Holding on to unforgiving thoughts. This results in mental torment, irrationality and moments of temporary insanity until our minds are totally controlled and lead us to deeds deeds of abuse, either verbal, emotional or physical, to ourselves or to other people. The chief characteristic of this process is that the inundation of thoughts and emotions compel us to actions which in saner moments we think ourselves quite incapable of performing. When I grasped the full impact of this process, it gave me an insight into a phenomena which to date has eluded so many of us. For if this thought intrusion leads to compelled irrational action, 
then the increasing number of youths suiciding for no obvious other or external reason becomes more explicable. In therapeutic terms, this is referred to as the obsessional thought processes. But if conscious will, insight, understanding and even years of therapy do little to abate obsessional thought, could it not simply be accounted for by the explanation in the Testament of Truth? In short, are these obsessional thoughts coming not from the individual's unconscious, but from beings outside our conscious awareness? Is it that due to the neglect of the spiritual side of our beings, the side that connects us to the source, the light, we no longer are able to draw on the light and thus are now unable to hold the negative dark intrusions into our minds? God's call now, as always, is for love and peace and non-retaliation when confronted. Since all of us can acknowledge that we have sinned insofar as we succumb to negative emotions and thoughts, emotions and thoughts which led to abuse or retaliation, it takes little to realise that we have denied the call to only love. This resulted in us drawing in darkness, a darkness which is now surfacing at an accelerated rate. How are we to retain our rationality and sanity as both internal and external confrontation escalates with the corresponding surge of negative emotions? My understanding from reading the Testament of Truth is that we need to break the flow of negative thought intrusion. This is accomplished not by numbing the mind chemically, nor by plumbing its depth by endless digging into the unconscious but by building the arc of the mind, meaning fortifying the mind against negative thought intrusion by consciously choosing to draw on the light. Until we are able to accept that we are mental transceivers on a thought level, we will be unable to even make that choice and our thoughts will continue to be manipulated by souls on other levels of consciousness. The powerful pull of negative emotions are difficult enough in themselves to control, but they become impossible to contain if we do not control the accompanying thoughts. This is achieved by thrice daily drawing on the light that is available to us. This is done through a simple prayer which uses the morning star being the star of Bethlehem. This star is the symbol of God's word of wisdom, light, love and truth. The prayer goes as follows. Creator of the heavens, mother of love, I see your star shining above. Please cleanse my mind with all your love so that I may heed your call of peace from above.
The prayer momentarily halts the negative thought flow, giving us a little clarity, a little calmness, a little rationality, and mental respite from the negative thought intrusions that otherwise flows on and on. The full cessation of negative thought flow is only attained once the energy essence of any particular negative emotion is cleansed out of the soul by God's grace. My experience to date is that the clients and friends who, with understanding of this insight, put the prayer into practice, do experience a lessening of negative thought flow. I therefore feel it is my task to simply pass this message on. What you do with it is your choice. I only ask that you avail yourself of this deep wisdom in its fullness by reading the book. In so doing, you make a choice about its validity based on a personally informed decision. My prayer for you is that God's grace will touch your minds as you read even as it did mine. I hope this message reaches you. The recording of Minds Under Siege you have just heard may contain difficult words, but there are many unseen others in spirit here today who needed to also hear them. This seminar is a listening within educational program for the restitution of yourselves as well as for souls in spirit realms lost below. These people present themselves as your thoughts and since the program is based around the issue of suppressing negative thoughts, I can but state that those linking into your mind via your own inner negative energy vibration will be receiving all that you are hearing. This will also assist them to better themselves. It is imperative to understand that our invisible enemy, being the demonic forces below, have the darkest of minds and the most ruthless of leaders, driving them and inspiring them. This becomes evident when we see liquid evil in our daily lives on earth. This is because the dark mastermind driving them and you is resolute in his determination to not only impose absolute I for an injustice, but to also deceive everyone. The deception being the, justifica the justification for you to continue using his forceful, dark, vengeful power so that he can then drag you down into the underworld to suffer eternally for your arrogance in using his dark energy that by God is forbidden. If you are mentally strong, then you may be brushed by the dark cyclone as it passes by and bruises you for your past misdeeds. However, through your non-retaliation and forgiveness, it will not take hold of you and it will then pass you by and you will become free. The inhabitants of planet Earth will now learn the reality that many things are invisible. For example, we cannot see thoughts or feelings, but we know that they are real because they are the causal factors that make us act or react to situations which come our way. We will now have a few minutes break and you can pause your listening device and restart it when ready.
with the following audio tracks for you to listen to. After this, I will tell you a little story that has a message of spiritual significance for you in relation to the power of emotions and thoughts. It is called The Drummers of Africa. The Drummers of Africa. This is an African narration that speaks of many things. It is a story of the light and of the dark, and of Angai, the god of the Kikuyu tribe, of smoke and fire, of truth and of the deceiver, Louis the Serpent, of Kalulu the jealous hare, of Nyati the angry hippo. It speaks of the sacred crocodile of the Nile River and of the star of hope, the bright morning star. It speaks of black drummers and white man's gumboots. The story is about the powerful emotions and thoughts that affect all African children. Yes, even the white children. Feelings that combine to make the individual pages of our book of life on this earth. It is a story about a young white boy born in the country of Tanzania, the flower of Africa. The boy visits an African Muganga, a witch doctor named Mulimo, who gives him a message from Ngai, the Kikuyu god, and tells him the story of the two highest mountains in Central Africa. Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, depicted as Father God, the possessor of all power. And Mount Kirinyaga in Kenya, depicted as Mother God, the possessor of all brilliance. When we speak of the two of them, we speak of Ngai. For this is the Kukuyu word for God. I was born many years ago in a small village in Tanzania, East Africa. My father was a soldier with the King's African Rifles. He was a very stern man who spent most of his time far away from home at war up in Abyssinia, North Africa. Thus I did not know him very well. He was not a man to speak with, for he only spoke to give out harsh orders when he wanted something done. And when I was three years old, his angry manner drove my mother away to another. Thus my early life was one of loneliness and fear. I spent much of my early years at the homes of others when my father was away at war. And when sometimes he was at home, I was attended to by an ayah, an African maid called Sarah. She spoke to me in her Swahili language, which I learned quite quickly. One day my father told me that he was soon to send me to a boarding school far away. I was six years old and pleaded to be spared from this unimaginable fate, but there was no escape. He was adamant. I felt trapped and frightened. As the days went by, I wondered how I could escape and where could I run away to. One night, as I lay in my bed, I listened to the African drums 
that were drumming away most of the night in the nearby village. They were in the distance and I was used to them. I suddenly thought of the Moganga, the witch doctor named Mulimo. Sarah sometimes spoke of his magic powers, that he spoke to the spirits of their ancestors and sometimes even to Ngai their god. The next day I pestered her to take me to his hut. She refused, saying, Your father would become very, very angry if he finds out because the white man does not understand anything about the other world where our spirits go to after earthly death when they leave their flesh here in the dust and that is also the place where we lived before we entered the flesh of this world. She said that my father could even bring the Ascaris, the police, and take her away from me and send her to King Georgie Hotel. I said, Sarah, what is that hotel, King Georgie? She said, Mtoto, King Georgie is the white man's king who lives far, far away over the sea. One day he sent his soldiers here to Africa and in every African village he has built a big prison. If we do not pay our hut taxes, we are put in these prisons. But as we are freely given two meals a day, we call it King Georgie Hoteli. I thought about this, but could not understand it at the time. I persisted over many days with my request to visit Mulimo, and then she said, I will point out the way you are to follow, the path that will lead you past the village to his hut, but you must promise to never speak of this to your father. The next morning I found myself walking up the bush track. I was terrified, for I had heard many stories of the power of witch doctors, mainly from other white children. I walked very slowly, and my mind was wondering what to say. I came upon a small hut that had a blanket over the doorway. I said, Hodi Hodi, that is the word for knock-knock, for in East Africa, you do not knock on the door. You stand back and speak from your mouth. If there is no answer, you walk away. If you are welcome, you are replied, Karibu, that means welcome. Suddenly the blanket was brushed aside and before me stood Molimo. He was very small with very fine features and very black eyes. Natakaninim Toto! What do you want, young child? He asked of me. I was speechless and just stood. We watched each other for a moment and then he said, Ngia, come in. He told me to sit on the floor in front of him on a mat. I did so and looked around at all the skins of animals on the walls. I said, I do not know what I want, but I am here. Molimo picked up a small bag. He held it for a few moments and then shook it and spilled the contents on the mat between us. 
He poked around in the colored stones and little pieces of bones there, pulling out three of the stones and then said, Mtotoyam Zungu, child of white man, in your belly is the coldest stone of fear and loneliness. Under that are two other stones, one of jealousy and the other is the fire stone of anger that you have not yet felt within you and do not yet know them. You are a very young Amtoto, but Ngai, the creator of all, yes, even the creator of the white man, says that I must tell you what you will hear now. For the book of life can be many, many pages, even 25,000, and you are not yet even 3,000 pages. But today's page in total is with Ngai through my breath, my story to you, that Ngai says he will help you on your life's journey on this earth. I sat without speaking and listened to what he had to say. Mtoto, one day far ahead, when you are a big man, the sacred crocodile of the Nile River will come into your mind and you will see something in its eye. But that is yet forty summer seasons away to be revealed in a vision direct to you by Ngai. Ngai is the invisible essence of all creation and is invisible to us. But we the Africans are very, very lucky because Ngai has come to us visibly in a way that can guide us here to understand the invisible Ngai. Ngai is like the two mountains that you see here where we live, the volcano Mount Kilimanjaro, the father, the possessor of all power, 20,000 feet high, and Mount Kirinyaga, the mother, the possessor of all brilliance. Their bases stand with us here on earth, but their tops reach up through the clouds into heaven and stand clear and bright in the sunlight of the day. And at night, they are in the stars. Even though they stand more than a hundred miles apart, they see each other, and below them on the earthy walk their children, you and me. But under the ground below the giant volcano Kilimanjaro is the cauldron of molten fire, that is great pain and suffering. Below the fire is the deep dark coldness, for there is no light under Kilimanjaro. It is the home of the blackest serpent called Louis. He is the deceiver of all humanity and enters our minds from within us with his thoughts. The mountain Kirinyaga is different. She is all light and love that shines and lights up the heavens. Sometimes the power of Kilimanjaro causes the earth to split and smoke comes out, hot smoke, the anger of Ngai. If Ngai becomes very angry, then Kilimanjaro does explode in a fury and throws up molten fire and rocks 
that destroy all that have not heard in God's voice. The voice of the father, Kilimanjaro, who says, Listen to your mother, Kirinyaga, and only be loving. For you see, when you are created by Ngai, you are filled with the love of Kirinyaga and the light of Kilimanjaro. But some of the fire under Kilimanjaro is placed in your belly, so you can learn of Ngai's dark power. And it is all the bad feelings that can be felt by man on earth. One day, they are removed from your belly by the love of Kirinyaga. Then you do not feel them again unless your spirit one day can return to walk on this earth as a man of flesh. If you look up at night, you will see the stars that roam freely the heavens. When your spirit leaves the flesh of this earth when you die, you can be as a star roaming free in the heavens within Gai. Or you can be confined in the belly of Kilimanjaro, suffering fire and endless pain. And then you can even sink deeper into the cold and darkness trapped forever. I was astonished to hear this, for I remembered hearing at our English church that none of us could be lost below, because our God was the greatest on earth, and that our God had even walked on this earth and also water, and then disappeared into the sky. I spoke not, but continued to listen. Molimo continued, Mtoto, for every bad feeling with us, within us, there is a story that we tell our children. To you will I tell three. First, listen, for the drummers of Africa are practicing. He continued on. Mtoto, I will tell you first of how the hippopotamus lost his hair. Once a very long time ago, there was an angry hippo called Nyati. He had long, long hair. Nyati is actually the name of our buffaloes. They are very dangerous, angry animals. That is why this hippo was called Nyati. He lived in a grass house near the river. Nyati was always very angry, for he allowed the smoke under Kilimanjaro to pour through his big mouth when bad thoughts came into his mind from Louis the Serpent. And he abused all the animals that came near him. Sometimes fire erupted within his belly and he exploded with fury. And then he went on a rampage and trampled the houses of others as he destroyed them, even crushing people under his feet. The only person he ever spoke to was the grass fire that roams the plains in the hot season every year. Every year he would see the smoke coming and he listened to the roar of the fire that was the voice of the invisible flames hidden behind the black smoke. The voice said, Nyati, I am coming near your place. Make a cup of tea and let me in. He always replied, 
do not come in. I am in a bad mood today, and even you are not welcome. If you come, I can abuse you. And the wind changed the direction, and the smoke blew the other way. Over the years, his temper became worse, and he inflicted much abuse and pain onto others. And every year the fire came past his house, always with the same words. Nyati, I am coming near your place. Make a cup of tea and let me in. Nyati always abused the fire, saying, You are not welcome here. One day, many years later, the fire came again. It was very, very strong and very, very hot. And the fire said to itself, Today is the day that horrible Nyati will see me, the wrathy of Ngai, being my avenging fire under Kilimanjaro. And he will now feel my power and my pain. And the fire spoke loudly to Nyati, saying, Nyati, I am coming in today. Even if you do not invite me, make a cup of tea and let me in. Nyati the hippo felt the fire and the anger within the flames, and he felt fear in his belly and said, Come in, and we will talk today, for I have never seen what is hidden in your belly under your smoke. With a fiery rush, the wind swept the intense flames into Nyati's house, with the firepower of even more than one thousand angry hippos. The heat was intense, and Nyati shrieked in agony and pain as his hair was all burned off. He leapt into the cool waters of the river, and to this day has never had any hair. He plays in the cool water all day long, and only comes on to land in the evening to enjoy the cool air, like the air around the top of Kirinyaga, never ever again to trouble anyone, because as he suffered, the fire in his belly was extinguished by Ngai and he never listens to the forked tongue of Louis the Serpent anymore. For having now felt and suffered the pain he had made others suffer, he had also finally heard and understood the voice of the Father Kilimanjaro who said, If you cause pain to any of my children, I will come with fire and do it to you another day. You, my children, must hit Kirinyaga, your mother, and only love each other. Mulimo stopped, and again I heard the drumbeats throbbing. He said, Remember, Mtoto, that I have told you of the fire hidden in your belly below the fear. One day, it will arise like the lightning in the sky. You will feel the power of Kilimanjaro in you. You must feel its power, but do not drink of it. If you drink it in, which you are doing when you abuse others, then it gets bigger and stronger in you, 
and you may not be able to control it. It can erupt inside you and if you trample others you will suffer the consequences of your actions just like Nyati the Hippo. Fire can burn you through the hands of others or even like the swift rolling bushfire when least expect it. I listened intently and did not move. I could hear the drumming commence again. Molimo continued. Mtoto, once there was a rabbit called Kalulu. He was a very happy rabbit, living in a hole in the ground. He often used to see Simba the lion when out walking. Simba was king of the jungle and Kalulu often spoke to his friend Simba. One day Kalulu felt a strange feeling in his belly. It was jealousy. And as he watched the lion Simba, he became jealous of his might and stature and his many, many friends. And at the same time, strange thoughts came into his mind. The thoughts said, the king is big and strong, but you can show him how much smarter you are. And also, if you can make him suffer pain, then you will feel very important, for you will show all the animals your power. They will fear you, and then you will become the king of the jungle. And also, because you live in the ground, the lion does not know even which burrow is yours and will not be able to find you. The days went by and Kalulu was becoming more jealous and the thoughts were getting stronger and he foolishly continued to listen to them. One day when he met Simba, Kalulu said, If you are brave, then play the game of rolling stones with me. Simba said, Kalulu, you are very small. If I play any games with you, then you can be hurt, and I will be sorry. Kalulu said, You are not as smart as you think, King Simba, and I will win the Rolling Stones game. So the lioness said, Let us begin. Kalulu said, Go up the hill and roll down some stones. I will open my mouth wide and swallow the stones. Then we will change places and I will roll the stones and you will swallow them. Simba said, If you can swallow even one stone, Kalulu, and it does not crush you, I will be very surprised. And then I can also do it if you survive the first stone. Simba went up the hill and rolled the first stone. As it came bounding down the hillside, Kalulu thought, the fool, he cannot see through the dust made by the rolling stone and will not see me jump out of its way. And as it goes past, I will jump back into place and the lion will think I am very clever to be able to swallow a stone. A large boulder came tumbling down and Kilulu did as his thoughts told him, jumping sideways and then back, 
whilst the dust hid him from Simba's sight. Simba was amazed and repeated the process again. Kalula then said, Enough! Your turn to eat rock! When the king was ready with his mouth open wide, Kalulu pushed a small rock that in turn struck a bigger rocks, and the lion was struck a heavy blow that knocked out all his teeth. He roared loudly in pain and ran off. The feeling in Kalulu felt very good, and he laughed in glee at his victory, and thoughts in his mind was saying, Loki, how strong and clever all will think you are, Kalulu. He went and hid in his burrow for a few days, where he was planning his next devious move. He suddenly heard a sound, and then a deep behind him in one of the tunnels of the burrows. In fear he ran out, for it was the black serpent called Louis. As he came out of the burrow, Kalulu saw Simba standing there, and he said to the lion, How did you find me? The king said, Look up! Kalulu looked up and saw the eagle wheeling in the sky. Simba said, Kalulu, did you not know that Ngai has eyes in the sky, and sees all, and knows all that takes place on earth? just like the eagle. So I asked the eagle where you lived. You, Kalulu, ignorantly listened to the whisperings of the serpent Louis, the deceiver. He has a forked tongue. First he deceives you by giving you a very good reason to do wrong. Then he destroys you. His thoughts came into your mind because of your jealousy. Kalulu, did your parents not tell you about the power of the invisible Louis? Now you will feel the suffering of many, many days. I see that the fire in your belly has from this moment changed you into a hare with a big, strong body. So you cannot enter your burrow again, and your legs are long and strong. You will now spend the rest of your days working very, very hard, running and running over the hot grasslands, trying to keep ahead of the grass fires that will burn you if you stop. There is no rest for the wicked Kalulu until you have paid your dues to Ngai, who will then set you free again. So for the rest of his life, Kalulu the hare suffered heat and tiredness as he ran and ran and ran, praying to Ngai to turn him back again into a mild, friendly rabbit. Mulimo stopped, and I heard the drums again, little bursts of drumming that came and went. He then said, now you see what happens when Ngai's children listen to the thoughts of Louis and allow the fire in their belly to throw up Roxy onto others. They become controlled by others and suffer. 
none can escape the wrath of the invisible Ngai. Mtoto, the danger is not what others do to us, but what we do to them. Thus, the enemy is within us, being any thoughts coming within our own minds. From Louis, who is very, very cunning. I sat quietly and listened as I was enthralled by these stories. Bulimo spoke again. Mtoto Yamzungu, child of white man, remember well this page in your book. For one day you will travel far away from Africa to the bottom of this earth and will meet men of many colors. And when you return, you will bring to us Africans a great story of truth. But first, you will remain here and suffer feelings in your belly that you have to suffer for Ngai to gain understanding of the pain of this world. He continued, Mtoto, now I will tell you how our black children control the fear and anger in their bellies. In the evenings, they go and sit by the drummers. The drummers are muscly and very, very strong, and some can even hammer the drums until the morning, because the love of Kirinyaga flows strongly through them. And as they beat the drums, the fearful ones can sit very close and are not afraid, for they can see the strength of the drummers and feel the power of sound throbbing in their veins. The angry young ones can also come near, but they dance and stomp the ground with their feet. And as they stomp and stomp and stomp, they are pushing the anger in their bellies back into the ground under Kilimanjaro. This way, they will not blow smoke and throw rocks onto others. They dance with great power until they are exhausted. Then they can sleep. He continued, A long time ago, before the white men came, there were no boundaries in Africa. All could roam freely as the gazelles, and Kilimanjaro and Kirinyaga both stood on the same land, and there was freedom. Then the white men came, fully of insatiable greed for the spoils of Africa, and he spoke with the thoughts of Louis the Serpent in his mind. And from his mouth came the forked tongue of Louis, and the lies from his mouth was the smoke from under Kilimanjaro, and the fire came from his hand in a stick, a stick that spoke death. It was the gun. I told the young men to remember the message from Ngai, that we must dance and not fight, for if we fight, we are disobeying Kirinyaga then Ngai will send all our spirits to the underworld when we die. Ngai said to me, Mulimo, 
tell all the angry men that instead of fighting the oppressor to put on the white man's gumboots, then they can dance and stomp their feet even more energetically without bruising them, thus driving down more forcefully the powerful fire they feel boiling in their bellies, brought on through the ignorance and disrespectful actions of the white man who heeds not the call from my queen, Kirinyaga. Tell all the young men and girls that they must resist from retaliating, even if they are to be abused or even destroyed. If they do not control their fire and smoke, then Louis the Serpent will speak to them in their minds, and they will not be able to resist his forked tongue as he gives them an irresistible reason to fight. And thus do they deny their mother Kirinyaga. And then they will fight the white man, also forgetting me their father Kilimanjaro. And they will forget the love of their mother Kirinyaga, the possessor of all brilliance. And as they fight, they are stealing my fire power that flows into them up from below as they fight, and thus it grows stronger in their bellies. And any of any race who steal my fire to hurt my children are destroyed by me. For when they die with the strength of the coils of a giant python, the weight of my fire in their bellies drags them below to my underworld. I was mesmerized by Molima's story, and as I sat, he took an old pair of gumboots out from behind a skin. They were very, very worn. He put them on, and by chance a drummer struck a few beats. And Molimo stomped a few steps, chanting, Songa Chaffuccini. Songa Chafuccini, meaning, send the filth below, send the filth below. He sat back, pulling off the gumboats and said, Remember well, Toto, because if for every child of Ngai comes many a test, and one day, when they show Ngai that they have learned the word courage, and thus do not retaliate against the bad ones, even those who are abusing them, but can and do forgive the enemy, then Ngai cleanses the fire out from their bellies. And then they can put away the gumboots, for they feel at peace within. And when they die, the enlightened spirits are free to roam the heavens, as the stars in the night, freedom at last, dancing forever in the sight of Ngai, Kilimanjaro and Kirinyaga. When you are older and have seen the sacred crocodile and have prepared your message to all humanity from Ngai, then please remember Mulimo and the story of the white man's gumboots and the dramas of Africa. Wherever you are, please tell all Ngai's children of Molimo's story.
he put the old gumboots in my hands and pointed to the door and I left I felt like I was floating on air and knew that the light of Kirinyaga and Guy was flowing through me and with me and I felt happier and freer than ever before that night as the drummers drummed away I stomped very quietly around my room in Molimo's giant gumboots so my father would not hear my mind was filled with sights of Kalulu running over the plains as the grass fire swept along behind him and as he darted from side to side around the tussocks of grass my body moved from side to side with him and I felt the quickening in my pulse and the power of the drums flowing through my soul wherever I traveled in Africa later in later years I heard the drums drumming and remembered Mulimo but I saw very few gumboats stomping the message through Mulimo it seems has been lost and all men are preparing for war so now I am an old man and I remember seeing the sacred crocodile as a vision in my mind years ago when I was about 40 years old the crocodile had a beautiful star glistening in its eye it was a six-pointed star the sacred crocodile spoke to me and said think of the morning star every day it is the star of Bethlehem that shines brighter and brighter the bright morning star it is calling you and all who listen to you for you are the dove of Angai the messenger of the one God of all races as time went by and Guy spoke directly to me and gave me the message that I now give to all God's children in the book of Angai I have written saying that we must forget the past and only look forward to Angai through the star of hope the bright morning star the true light the heavenly symbol of God's wisdom because it stops the thoughts of Louis from overpowering our minds because Louis likes to cause us pain but first he gives us gives us a reason to do something nasty to others then telepathically he makes others do it to us so the pain goes on and on and we cannot wash away blood with blood only with the water of forgiveness thus comes the freedom of the spirit within and I remember the help of the old Molima who said tell all of Africa not to forget the love of Kirinyaga the possessor of all brilliance and not to forget the fire under Kilimanjaro the possessor of all power and tell all children even in the white man's classrooms the story of the gumboots and the drummers of Africa so children that is the story of the gumboot it is about how to control the power of negative emotions you feel within and the star prayer I now give you is what helps you to keep your minds free of dark thoughts that erupt silently within your minds from Louis the serpent 
hidden deep in the belly of the earth, for he reaches up through the vibration of the bad feelings in you. To keep out bad thoughts, this is what you need to say as you think of the star of Bethlehem, the morning star, three times a day. Creator of the heavens, mother of love, I see your star shining above. Please cleanse my mind with all your love, so that I may heed the call of peace from above. For those of you who remember God's other messenger called Jesus, you can also say this three times a day. Jesus, I see your shining star. Jesus, be with me. Jesus, please help me and save me. That is the story I bring you today and send now back to Africa. You can help God by telling others about the drummers of Africa and about the gumboot dance and the star prayer. It is a very powerful true story, for what you do to others will be done to you. That is the only law of God. You are all God's most beloved children. God would have it that one day your spirits can roam the universe free as warriors of truth and love. For when you are freed within of the bad feelings, you will only feel the power of joy and happiness that flows from Kirinyaga through you. Kirinyaga, the possessor of all brilliance, and all your days will be happy. Tomorrow is a fresh page in your personal book of life. You can walk the road as a hippo or a hare, abusing others, and wonder when and from where will come the wrath of God from below Kilimanjaro. Or you can turn your face towards Kirinyaga today by keeping your minds clearer of devious thoughts from Louis and be happy. Remember to pass on this message to all. Tell your friends so you can dance together the gumboot stompy dance with the drummers of Africa. And every day as you awaken and you speak to God and Guy, the words given by me above, about the star of hope, the light of Kirinyaga will shine through you and you will be happier on your daily journey as you are sustained by the light, love and wisdom of Kirinyaga, the Holy Spirit. This is the voice of God through the Spirit of Truth. Other information available to help you fortify your minds. Tapes, the Ark Adults Meditation, The Star, Children's Meditation, and the books, The Visions of the Last Prophet, and The Testament of Truth. Bless you all.
Ignorant man can never find inner peace or surcease from physical suffering or loss or being controlled by others because he fails to see that the sin, dark energy within his soul, does forever justify man's use of it in his quest for justice. Man sees not that in using force to control or punish or waging war or paying others to so do as protection on his behalf that he continues to fill his own soul with more dark energy. This factor gives the dark aspect of the source even more control over his mind. The road to literal and spiritual freedom only comes with enlightenment from my pen. Only then can man make an effort to obey God. The dark aspect of the source has the intent and power to destroy all persons who use its power through their vanity, pride, ignorance or arrogance. We will now move on to a daily practice that you will need to do. It will strengthen your resolve and memory and is what assists you to fortify your mind against negative intrusion. As you do it each day, it also sends necessary wisdom downwards to assist those in spirit to elevate their own consciousness more. It is imperative to practice it daily because you have now learnt that the result or consequence of causing harm is a. Filling your own soul with more dark energy, sin and b. Placing your own soul into the eye for eye karmic law of the dark avenger. Hello, I am Gillian and I have prepared a daily practice page for you to assist you and now read it to you. Be aware of your own thoughts and feelings. Be the light in action at all times, in all situations. Be observant of unkind thoughts within yourself that would you snare. Be respectful, kind and forgiving and understanding in every situation. Be aware of the negativity that exists within to teach others of its reality. Be vigilant for your thoughts become your deeds which form your judgment by God. Know that what we put out comes back to us, good or bad, and that only through the star prayer can the spell of negative thought be broken. Know that in doing the star prayer you are trying to be true to the source of light and you will personally make the effort to halt the ingress of negativity and have a greater chance of not retaliating when adverse situations occur. Do keep your mouth shut when your emotions are running high. Do not let any day be coloured by the past or by concern for the future. Do practice stopping negative thoughts as they enter your mind. This you do by trying hard to think of something else and by using the star prayer. The star is simply the logo system of light, truth, wisdom. As you focus on it in your mind, it assists to break the spell of the darkness 
through your efforts and determination as you think of the star and its loving power from afar. Say the star prayer three times a day. The reality being, the more we do the star prayer, the more love outpours and waters the rose within our souls and fortifies our minds and calms the emotions. The more love exposed to our consciousness and to the consciousness of those linked to us, the greater the clarity to see and understand the reality and nature of negativity. Understand that negativity is the sin, dark energy. Also understand how through its deception and cunning, the darkness keeps us ignorant of its existence. This allows its control over us and our bondage to it. The more love energy now flowing to us through our choice assists us to make an effort to never allow negativity to be expressed through us, whatever the circumstances or feelings or thoughts. Thus our part is the doing and God will do the rest. This task, love's task, for love's sake, is the only most worthwhile task there is for you, anyone or me. The task being the conscious effort needed to identify negative thoughts and to make the effort to draw on light and love energy to stem the tide of darkness within Remember the center of your soul is God's kingdom. The more you cloud this light with negativity, the harder it gets to see reality. Love will fulfill its promise, that promise being that if we its loving call heed, it will free us of our darkness within. No individual can do this for another. Love is freedom of choice. Please now, close your eyes and listen to a short meditation. This is the Ark of the Mind meditation to assist you to find inner peace. It is to remind you to daily fortify your mind using the star prayer words, words that will assist to remind you of the importance of controlling deceptive thoughts, being thoughts that would mislead your action, interaction with others. So please sit back and relax and listen. Now we will relax and take a journey to the sun. From this moment on your race has begun. The race against time to fortify your mind against unseen forces who are very unkind. So relax back. Take a few deep breaths. Imagine that you are breathing in spiritual myths, a golden liquid, very, very fine, the ether of the universe, God's summer wine. Breathe in and out, deep and slow, in through your lungs will truth now sow. The body is now relaxing from head to toe. 
slowly becoming numb as ether does it slow. Deeper and deeper into stillness now you be. Deeper and deeper into stillness to set self free. Slowly but surely your mind too does relax. Your thoughts and visions now no longer tax. Shallower and shallower your breathing now gets and calmness pervades like little rivulets. Slowly but quietly you are floating for sure, cushioned on air more and more. Deeper in your mind does my voice now get. You are calm and relaxed and you no longer fret. A golden cloth now forms over your head and slowly but surely you rise up off the bed. Up through this cloth does your soul now float, cleansing out all negativity that did you bloat. Crystal clear as you now pass it through, once again you are pu purified through and through. Now lift up your thoughts to the star above. Visualize the star that is filled with God's love. Gleaming white as it shines so bright. Crystal clear, it shines both day and night. See the bright light shining down from this star. The star of Bethlehem guiding you from afar. Feel the warmth permeating through you cleansing your mind with its love so true. Deeper and deeper asleep you now go, deeper and deeper for wisdom to know. A shaft of white light shining down from this star draws you up it with its power from afar. Wonderful Jesus, I now see your face. Wonderful Jesus, please help me in this race. Please cleanse my mind of all evil therein. Please hold my hand and help me to win. Quieter and calmer, now do you feel. For you know Jesus is by you, and you are on his reel. Brilliant hues of purple and white, now pour through you and cleanse with their might. Now they change to green and gold cleansing through you, green and gold. This green and gold keeps flowing through, sent from Jesus to cleanse you too. Your wonderful brother who sits up high now cleanses you daily each time you cry. Cry out in hope and love and trust and that he quickly responds is a wonderful must. Deeper and deeper asleep you now go, as I ask of Jesus deeper truth to sow. Your subconscious mind I call now to me, and of all negative subconscious programming, I now set you free. I erase, I erase all negativity therein. I erase all negativity that would make you sin. And his love now comes shining through, brilliant gold and heavenly blue, 
brilliant gold and heavenly blue. To assist you to keep out bad thoughts, this is what you need to say. As you think of the star of Bethlehem three times a day. The star is the symbol of true light, love and wisdom. So now, imagine the bright morning star in your mind as I say. Creator of the heavens, mother of love, I see your star shining above. Please cleanse my mind with all your love so that I may heed your call of peace from above. For those of you who do remember God's other messenger, Jesus, you can also say this three times a day. Jesus, I see your shining star. Jesus, be with me. Jesus, please help me and save me. I now thank thee for cleansing my mind to keep me free. Now you feel warm and calm within. You are relaxed and you know you will win. Happier and happier every day. You'll keep smiling as you go your way. So relax now and be at rest. You will win and pass all tests. The arc of the mind you daily now build. For your soul is with the light of the heavens filled. I bless you, bless you. In his sweet name, you are a good soul, playing the universal game. Rest in peace. The show now must go on, so please awaken from your meditation. The seminar talk is now almost over, and our Creator says, Please be kind to yourself, and as you break fast at your daily meals, Remember to walk the day peacefully. When you focus your mind on the symbol of light, love and truth, being the bright morning star, and you say the star prayer, or you listen to this seminar program, your thoughts are focused on its content rather than the incessant chatter from below. It is in this way that you turn the tide, sending positive thoughts down to lost souls who are receiving the benefit of your efforts through this seminar content. This also aids them to help themselves. Please remember that you only begin your road to salvation and secession from suffering when you halt your personal use of God's forceful, dark, destructive power in your interaction with others. That is, you never cause harm. The use of God's dark power leads to interference, control, subjugation, causing of harm, loss, merciless persecution, mental and emotional trauma and pain. What you do unto others becomes your own suffering ahead. It simply is absolute justice, balancing the scales of the dark. When you lose control of your mind to the dark and it uses your hand against others, you leave yourself open to far greater suffering than you could ever imagine be advised and warned. Remember that the saving grace of Jesus is only your obedience to the message he brings from the source God. That message is the message of love one another and cause no harm and turn the other cheek when confronted or abused. Dedication and obedience in perfection to the peace command of God is 
the holiest vow and the only way to guarantee your personal release from suffering ahead. Education is the only way today because, as man rehabilitates his mind and conscience, it enables him to reconcile with himself, to God and others in the community. Man must now fully learn about the karmic law of God's energy. And as man then forgoes demanding justice and punishment, in bowing to God's command, he finds inner peace and surcease from suffering. Remember, your destiny lies within your own mind and hand, your choice. I wish you well, so why not wish wellness for yourself? You are now free to go. I wish you all the best on your road.